Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of menopause found under the gynecology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 52-year-old female presents with a feeling of heat beginning in the face, neck, and chest, followed by profuse sweating in the upper body that lasts 5 minutes. These episodes are happening repetitively throughout the day and disturb her sleep at night. Her last menstrual period was over six months ago. Let's continue with an introduction to menopause. Remember that this refers to permanent cessation of menstruation, secondary to oocyte depletion, leading to decreased estrogen and progesterone, and that hot flash symptoms are a result of declining levels of estradiol 17 beta. Also remember that premature menopause is defined by menopause before age 40. Postmenopausal women lose the protective effects of estrogen, which increase the risk for osteoporosis and heart disease. With regards to epidemiology, the mean age of menopause in the United States is 51, and early menopause is associated with cigarette smoking. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms will include hot flashes and sweats, sleep disturbance, mood changes and depression, vaginal atrophy and dryness, dysuria, urge incontinence, dyspareunia, osteoporosis, and that the menstrual cycle is no longer normal with no premenstrual symptoms. In terms of the evaluation, remember that this is a clinical diagnosis. However, patients will demonstrate an elevated serum FSH, typically greater than 30 milliIUs per milliliter. This is because depletion of ovarian follicles leads to a drop in estrogen and results in elevated FSH and LH. Also remember that androstenedione dion levels do not change and that estrogen levels will be low and that the majority of estrogen that is produced in menopause is produced by adipose tissue. One can also perform a DEXA scan at 65 years or older. Remember that a T-score of negative 2.5 or less is significant for osteoporosis and that treatment is recommended. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about premature ovarian failure and make sure to rule out other conditions that can cause amenorrhea, such as pregnancy, thyroid disease, and hyperprolactinemia. With regards to treatment for menopause, one can provide estrogen hormone replacement therapy. This can be accomplished with estrogen and progesterone. Remember that progesterone is needed if the uterus is present to avoid endometrial hyperplasia from unopposed estrogen stimulation, which can increase the risk of malignancy. This can also be accomplished with estrogen-only therapy. This can be given if the uterus is no longer present as there is no increased risk due to lack of the endometrium. Indications for hormone replacement therapy in a healthy woman less than 60 years old without any contraindications include vasomotor symptoms, mood liability and depression, and vulvovaginal atrophy. The benefits of hormone replacement therapy include relief of menopause symptoms, decreased risk of heart disease and stroke, decreased risk of osteoporosis, and decreased risk of dementia. The risks of hormone replacement therapy include endometrial carcinoma, breast carcinoma, although this is controversial, deep venous thrombosis and pulmonary embolism, and breast pain. Contraindications to hormone replacement therapy include a history of deep venous thrombosis or pulmonary embolism. If the patient is at high risk for breast cancer or has had breast cancer, remember that breast cancer may contain receptors for estrogen and progesterone, which can worsen the cancer if there is stimulation by hormone replacement therapy. Other contraindications include breast pain, which is due to estrogen stimulation, as well as liver disease, such as from chronic hepatitis. Remember that estrogen is metabolized in the liver. Also remember that topical estrogen is used if the symptoms are mainly vaginal. 
Alternative drugs that can be used for vasomotor symptoms include SSRIs such as paroxetine, as well as SNRIs, clonidine, and gabapentin. Complications related to menopause include osteoporosis and coronary artery disease. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to menopause, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 51-year-old woman presents to the primary care clinic complaining of trouble sleeping. She reports that she has episodes of overheating and sweating during the day and at night. The nightly episodes keep her from staying asleep. She also explains how embarrassing it is when she suddenly becomes hot and flushed during work meetings. The patient becomes visibly upset and states that she is worried about her marriage as well. She says she has been fighting with her husband about not going out because she is too tired. They have not been able to have sex the past several months because it hurts. Labs are drawn and demonstrate a follicle-stimulating hormone of 62, estradiol of 34, progesterone of 0.1, luteinizing hormone of 46, and free testosterone of 2.1. Which of the following contributes most to the production of estrogen in this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Adipose tissue Choice 2. Adrenal glands Choice 3. Bartholin glands Choice 4. Mammary glands or Choice 5. Ovaries The best answer to this question is Choice 1. Adipose tissue this patient is presenting with insomnia, dyspareunia, and an elevated FSH to LH ratio, which is consistent with menopause. During menopause, adipose tissue contributes the most to estrogen levels. Menopause is a clinical diagnosis characterized by hot flashes, sleep disturbance, mood changes, vaginal atrophy and dryness, dyspareunia, osteoporosis, and no menstrual cycles for 12 months. It is caused by oocyte depletion, leading to low levels of estrogen and progesterone. Aromatase in adipose tissue also contributes to estrogen levels by converting androgens to estradiol. This extraglandular formation of estrogen increases with both body weight and advancing age. By menopause, the majority of estrogen being produced is via aromatase function in adipose tissue. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Adrenal glands produce mineral corticoids, glucocorticoids, and adrenal androgens. They are not directly responsible for the production of estrogen. Choice 3. Bartholin glands are two glands located posterior to the right and left of the vaginal opening. They secrete mucus to lubricate the vagina, but will become less effective with age. They are not responsible for the production of estrogen. Choice 4. Mammary glands are located in female breast tissue and produce milk. They are not responsible for the production of estrogen. Choice 5. Ovaries produce both progesterone and estrogens. However, as women age, the ovaries begin to fail and are no longer the main producers of estrogen. Finally, a bullet summary. During menopause, adipose tissue is the main producer of estrogen. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 54-year-old G2P2 presents to her gynecologist's office with complaints of frequent hot flashes, malaise, insomnia, and mild mood swings for two weeks. She has also noticed some pain with intercourse and vaginal dryness during this time. She is otherwise healthy besides hyperlipidemia, controlled on a torvastatin. She has no other past medical history, but underwent hysterectomy for postpartum hemorrhage. She is desiring of a medication to control her symptoms. Which of the following is the most appropriate short-term medical therapy in this patient for symptomatic relief? 
and the answer choices are Choice 1. Hormonal replacement therapy with estrogen alone. Choice 2. Hormonal replacement therapy with combined estrogen and progesterone. Choice 3. Hormonal replacement therapy with progesterone alone. Choice 4. Paroxetine. Or choice 5. Gabapentin. The best answer to this question is Choice 1. Hormonal replacement therapy with estrogen alone. This patient presents with symptoms strongly suggestive of menopause, including hot flashes and mood swings. For symptomatic relief, the first-line treatment is hormonal therapy with an estrogen-based regimen. Menopause has a median age of onset of 51 years and classically presents with subacute symptoms that include systemic manifestations such as hot flashes and malaise, psychiatric and behavioral manifestations such as mood swings, insomnia, and depression, and urogenital symptoms, such as vaginal dryness. For patients without a contraindication, such as a prior VTE, first-line therapy includes an estrogen compound. If the patient still has a uterus, progesterone should be added to protect against dysplasia. Patients with refractory symptoms can be considered for SSRI, SNRI, or gabapentin as alternatives. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Combined estrogen and progesterone therapy would be indicated for a patient with an intact uterus. Choice 3. There is no role for progesterone monotherapy in this clinical context. Choice 4. SSRIs are an alternative but is not first-line therapy for menopausal symptoms. Choice 5. Gabapentin is an alternative but not first-line therapy for menopausal symptoms. That's all for this review about menopause. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.